Good morning. You are listening to KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the World Wide Web at KPOO.com. This is Prison Focus Radio. Slavery is back. In fact, it was never abolished. The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolished slavery, except in prison. At the current rate of incarceration, by the year 2010, the majority of all African-American men between 18 and 40 will be in prison. The state as their captor. It's going to take people who are willing to fight, not people who want to negotiate with the enemy. Good morning, beautiful people. 
I want to thank you for joining me this morning here on Prison Focus Radio. I am your host, Nube Brown, here at KPOO San Francisco 89.5. We are going to be spending the whole hour listening to an amazing article, Power Concedes Nothing, a discussion on CDCR's insidious regulatory semantics and judicial collusion in maintenance of shoe torture units. This article was published in March um, 2014 by the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper by the New African Collective Think Tank um, of the Corcoran State Prison Shoe members. And we are going um, to, this is going to be an ongoing many weeks, several months of focusing again our attention on the California hunger strikers, those creators of the agreement to end hostilities, because they continue to do their work, they continue to activate and organize, and um, we need to help get them free because they are elders. So here we go. Quote, Revolutionary activity in every area of human existence will come about by itself when the contradictions in every new process are comprehended. It will consist of an identification with those forces that are moving in the direction of genuine progress. To be radical means getting to the root of things. If one gets to the root of things, if one grasps their contradictory operations, then the overcoming of political reaction is assured. Hence, A critique can only be significant and have a practical value if it can show the contradictions of social reality were overlooked. Willem Reich, ideology is a material force. Greetings, brothers and sisters. The third law of dialectical change, quote, the negation of negation, unquote, dictates once social conditions undergo a qualitative transformation, there is also a corresponding evolution in the contradiction between opposing social forces. Over the course of the past three years, progressive social forces in America, i.e. decolonize and occupy movements, PHSS, and shoe abolition activists, strike debt, Black Writers Liberation Party, and other revolutionary scientific socialist formations, etc., have waged a struggle to wrest cultural hegemony from the U.S. ruling class on multiple fronts and at multiple levels of society, including, at its most desperate and wretched level, prisons. As a result, there has been a qualitative transformation in the consciousness of significant segments of society. With this in mind, The most dynamic aspect of the people's struggle against the maintenance and expansion of the prison industrial complex is our current movement to abolish shoe torture units in America and around the world, initiated by the Pelican Bay D-Short Corridor Collective. With the resolution of the historic agreement to end hostilities, the cooperative efforts of people from diverse cultural groups, socioeconomic backgrounds, and schools of thought and the sacrifices of thousands here in California and around the globe in three historic hunger strikes, the third being the single largest in human history, the people have seized the moral high ground on this issue, drastically narrowing CDC small R's base of support and room to maneuver, but not eliminate it. Instead of a definitive transformation in the culture of prison torture resulting in an abolition of indefinite shoe, the contradiction has now evolved. The CDC small r releasing its new regulatory policy language governing, quote, security threat group management, 
unquote. And the Ninth Court Circuit's the Ninth Circuit Court's releasing two pro-torture rulings, which, viewed in their interconnections, represents the state's response to our challenge to their cultural dominance. The message is clear. Quote, you are slaves, we will continue to treat you as slaves, and we refuse to have our socio-political dominance challenged by slaves. Unquote. Um, I do want to make clear that this article is written, again, by the new African collective think tank, Corcoran Shoe. Please be aware that these are people who are, the new Africans who are being tortured by solitary confinement um, as they have developed this new African collective think tank. All right, let's continue. The reactionary view of reality shuts its eyes to its own authoritarian contradictions and the conditions of the people. Political reaction reflectively makes use of those social forces that oppose progress. It automatically consolidates to defend its dominance over the people's lives. Instead of capitulating to progressive social forces and ending torture in shoe units, the state has closed ranks and seeks to redefine the nature of the conflict itself by redefining the language the semantics in its policy govern, governing STG validation and torture unit confinement. In true reactionary fashion, they've adopted language that reduces and in some case eliminates its burden to establish a factual basis of genuine criminal behavior on the part of those subject to these policies, while simultaneously increasing the burden on prisoners and the people to avoid falling prey to these new regulations regulations, which in essence criminalize anything those, quote, validated as STGs do, say, or think, all with the explicit support of the courts. To truly understand the degree of political reaction at play here, we must first acknowledge the role of authoritarian institutions in U.S. society. Authoritarian society reproduces itself in the individual structures of the masses, through its economic system, ideology, and culture, with the help of authoritarian institutions, such as schools, courts, churches, and prisons. It, that lo it thus logically proceeds that political reaction has to regard and defend these author authoritarian institutions as the foundation of the state, culture, and capitalist civilization itself. When these authoritarian institutions are challenged in the arena of public opinion and are found lacking as they have been in this struggle, the very foundation of the authoritarian social order is undermined and a corresponding shift in the consciousness and character structure of the people follows. This, in turn, threatens the authoritarian mass psychology in America. The state cannot allow this, and so their reactionary defense response is to delegitimize, de to criminalize, to vilify those actors and activities who, in their view, are making a significant contribution to this process. In this case, activists, activists politically conscious prisoners, and their contemporaries. This policy is the state's effort to forestall our continued contributions to changing the dynamics of cultural Hegemony in the U.S. and the language of the regulations makes that clear. I'm going to stop here for a moment also because I do want to just put this little seed um, in your uh, thought garden um, that 
I'm bringing this kind of historical narrative from the survivors of the uh, torture of solitary confinement um, and basically what it is that they're talking about here because uh, they are still being modern-day enslaved. They are still being, uh, they are unfree because of the, the current board of parole. And there is a, now a new campaign to transform, abolish this board of parole and replace it with the community parole board. These, um, these highly intelligent um, survivors continue to uh, create work product that we can use out here to further um, the dismantling of this capitalist, colonial settler, capitalist, imperialist, patriarchal, white pathological system um, and the structures that continually keep our people um, either caged or uh, brutalized or and murdered on the streets. So um, it's bringing this um, historical narrative from the very voices that are still continuing to do the work and are presenting um, very viable uh, campaigns to us now, which we will get to uh, towards the end of the show. All right, let's continue here. The offensive content in the newly released regulatory language is far too voluminous for us to address each and every point. Instead, we wish to share with you some of the grosser contradictions in hopes you will not only see the contrapositive aim of the state to remain Oh, sorry, to maintain shoe torture units as coercive leverage to psychologically bend or break prisoners, but also gain a deeper understanding of the social forces acting upon us all. The language of CDCR's STG SDP management policy, released as a director's rules change, like the irrational character structure of reactionary man upon which the state is based is a study in contradictions. CDCR's background, sorry, CDC small r's background and purpose language for the new policy on the one hand contend, quote, California STGs are routinely and consistently connected to major criminal activities in communities including such crimes as homicides, drug trafficking, prostitution, human, traffic, human trafficking, and extortion. Again, STGs are largely responsible for criminal activities within institutions to include the trafficking of narcotics, committing and or directing violence, and directing criminal activity, unquote. While on the other hand, the, quote, STG disciplinary matrix which can be found on page 43, they've developed a dedicated large, they've developed is dedicated largely to elevating petty, innocuous, non-criminal activities and matter to the level of, quote, criminal STG behavior. Oh, and I also just want to say how directly interconnected this is in, uh, to what is taking place uh, with the police state um, right here in our own communities. There is a direct relation, and I hope you are seeing that. Why would their public propaganda hype these serious and violent crimes as the focus of state interest 
while the policy itself focuses primarily on criminalizing things which are in fact not crimes? The answer is as obvious as it is condemning. Most prisoners validated as, quote, STG affiliates, remember, security threat group affiliates, unquote, and confined to SHU torture units have not committed any such crimes while in prison, and many have in fact done nothing at all. Nevertheless, the state must create, recreate a basis upon which the primary end of the SHU torture unit will not only be maintained, but reborn, the aim of breaking men's minds. However, the reactionary politician cannot divulge his actual intentions intentions in his propaganda. We doubt if anyone, even other reactionaries, would have responded positively to a CDC small r statement of intent to break some men's minds, brainwash others, and indefinitely torture the rest. In political propaganda, which much of this new STG policy is, it is a question of producing a psychological effect in masses of people, in you, one that seeks to legitimize what is clearly the maintenance of torture by another name and your support for that legitimacy. Let's take a look. The STG, the quote, STG disciplinary matrix, unquote, which has a, a, a code, 3378.4, on pages 43 and 46, criminalizes, quote, conversations, greeting cards, clothing, communications with offenders and others, group exercise, handshakes, artwork, and believe it or not, a color. Same thing they did with the gangs. That all of these, quote, behaviors are left to the imagination and interpretation of prison staff only increases the arbitrary standard attached to criminalizing activities and matter which are not of themselves, quote, criminal. Mind you, these men not only, these, let me be specific. In this case, we are talking about new African men. These are the ones that wrote this story, this article. Not only were they tortured by solitary confinement, these men in particular, for at least 20 years. Mind you, the UN uh, Council on Human Rights um, and Torture uh, deems torture, uh, the solitary confinement torture after 14 days. We are talking um, at least 20 years. Years. And they are still imprisoned, most of them are still imprisoned. That means we are going on 30 plus years, some 40 moving into 50 years. Okay, let's continue. It makes sense. After decades of presiding over the brutalization and degradation of validated shoe prisoners, that these staff members maintain a vested interest in ensuring imprisoned human rights activists remain isolated or broken. To be sure, new, um, again, the code 3378.27 allows, quote, staff visual and audible observations, unquote, to be actionable 
as STG offenses, which can and will land you in and or keep you in a shoe torture unit. Shoe is security, uh, a security housing unit, a secure housing unit, a shoe torture unit. Staff visual and audible observations to be actionable as STG offenses, which can and will land you in and or keep you in a shoe torture unit. The First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution states Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. Yet apparently, CDC small r can and is doing just that. They have included new language specifically intended to criminalize peaceful protest action against shoe torture units, shoe abolition activists, and rights groups as STG behaviors or activities. That means, let me be clear that you, I hope we are hearing, not only those that are imprisoned, these new Africans, but us out here who are abolition activists and, um, and rights groups, shoe abolition activists and rights groups, who are um, calling this out about uh, solitary confinement. New language in 3315A3AA on page 11 prohibits protestation, while 3315A3Z on the same page gives CDC small r a basis to charge representatives as protest, quote, leaders. New 3323H12B on page 14 prohibits, quote, communication between offenders slash others in support or furtherance of STG activities or behaviors, unquote, which includes letters or discussions surrounding peaceful protest actions against shoe torture units. To be sure, they have even introduced language which criminalizes visits between prisoners and human rights groups who do or have in the past supported peaceful protest actions against shoe torture units. Mind you, this... um, was written in 2014. It is only 2022. That's eight years ago. We know that um, this has only been um, exacerbated. This continues. This is why our people are still inside. Okay, on page 37 of the policy, 3378.2B9 outlines violations for, quote, visits from prisons Uh, from persons or entities that are documented as willfully promoting, furthering, or assisting STG affiliates in activities associated with the STG, unquote. In every hunger strike-related 115, which is a rules violation report issued, and in countless pro-prison articles, CDC small r and some mass media have consistently reduced it to, quote, gang activity. Unquote. This means the Center for Human Rights and Constitutional Law, PHHS, which is the Prisoner Hunger Strike Solidarity, uh, uh, CFAS, which is Californians Against Solitary Confinement, Our Lives Matter, Prison Watch Network, 
California Prison Focus, Legal Services for Prisoners with Children, and countless other progressive human rights entities, journalists, and individual activists who oppose the preservation of torture in their society are subject to, quote, validation as, unquote, as an STG, a security threat group. And those prisoners conferring with them are in turn subject to sanctions being thrown in the hole. The First Amendment prohibits any regulation, quote, abridging the right to peaceably assemble and to petition government for a redress of grievances, unquote. Yet again, CDC small r seems to have not gotten the memo. In the circuitous logic of irrational authoritarian man, they seek to create new laws to protect their capacity to violate established law. This is current, even though it was eight years ago, people. This is what is happening right now. Let's continue. Organized to resist state-sponsored torture is not a crime. So again, we ask you, why does CDC's small r's, quote, initial statement of reasons, unquote, cite this litany of serious and violent crimes Yet its regulations focus on activities and matters which are not themselves criminal. And I do want to say, I hope that you will read this article because there are hyperlinks in here. So this initial statement of reasons, which will outline um, these these non-essential activities and matters. All right, let's continue. Under the language in this policy, CDC small r can and surely will criminalize anything, prisoners, and some of you in society reading this now, say, think, or do. The only, quote, safe, unquote, activity we may possibly engage in is exiting our cells and taking a breath. However, if one were to take two deep breaths, One may be cited for STG harassment, quote, directly or indirectly, unquote, 3323H11 on page 14, because some CDC small R staff person may be intimidated by how you're breathing. To be sure, they've actually introduced an unspecific category of STG misconduct in 3314A3M, page 10, termed, quote, unique behaviors, unquote. That is actually whatever the state wants it to be. Okay, I just need to stop here for a moment because this is the first time that I'm actually reading this article. So some of these things that I'm hearing about what is uh, being deemed security threat group behavior is... I'm hearing for the first time. These unique behaviors. Wow. Okay. I will have to state again. This is why uh, we will be over the next several weeks and possibly months um, uh, highlighting and bringing out and re-emerging what it is that uh, these hunger strikers um, actually went through in this particular case, we are going to be focus on, focusing on the new African um, um, hunger strikers. Um, so we were focusing on their work um, because, again, they are putting forth 
uh, new work um, and, and, you know, new campaigns to alert the public and hopefully get us on board so that we can, uh, we are educating ourselves so we can get on board and help hopefully get them um, free. Okay. Um, continuing. CDC small r, mar- making their authoritarian political position clear, posits in its statement of reasons sur- surrounding 3378.4C7 cited on page 51 that behavior need not be actionable as a rules violation to be used to validate prisoners or retain them in shoe torture units, see page 31 of the policy. CDC Smaller has included this language despite having touted to every media outlet and public official who would listen that they are, quote, moving to a behavior-based model, unquote. It is a contradiction wrapped in a lie cloaked in semantics. (sighs) Yet, As fundamentally contradictory and irrational as it is to criminalize activity and matter which is not criminal to increase the magnitude of petty offenses and observations observations which can land prisoners in a shoe torture unit, what's equally offensive is they've actually lowered the bar for themselves, improving if such matter is, quote, STG related. Unquote. If you go to page 23 at 3375.3A4B7 code G, CDC small r can establish STD association without having to show direct contact with a validated STG affiliate. Exactly how anyone can rationally demonstrate how someone is associated with someone else without having to show they've associated at all is mind-boggling. But this is what is taking place. Continue. Yet, if we move to the new language on, quote, direct links, unquote, for validation purposes, on page 35, we find that unilateral action by either party is sufficient to demonstrate a, quote, direct link, unquote, to an STG and CDC small r staff need not establish that the subject knew the other was, quote, validated, unquote, as an STG, or knew each other at all. Under this rubric, any of you reading this right now could write an, um, an, an NCTT coordinator here in Corcoran or at Pelican Bay Shoe, having never met or known us outside of reading this article, and find yourself, quote, validated with a, quote, direct link to an STG. Does this sound like you live in a place called America that has that's uh, the, the the democratic um, the the shining example of democracy throughout the world? Let's continue. Does this strike you as a means to combat quote homicides, narcotics trafficking, and extortion unquote, or a means to combat political progress? to criminalize and sanction segments of the population who've exposed and damaged CDC small r's inhumane agenda politically and socially. Let me ask that question again. Does this strike you as a means to combat homicides, narcotic trafficking, and extortion, unquote, or a means to combat political progress, to criminalize and sanction segments of the population who've exposed and damaged CDC small r's inhumane agenda politically and socially. 
Throughout the regulatory language, there has been a great emphasis on, quote, criminal STG behavior, unquote, even making things which are not behaviors, behavior, clothing, artwork, handshakes, etc. Yet contradicting this all on page 35, they create a loophole for themselves. Just in case the STG, the STG disciplinary matrix isn't enough, stating placement in shoe or STG. DP or validation as an STG affiliate does not need to occur with behavior. Quote, source criteria, unquote, alone is enough. Source criteria. To be sure, though they contend they've put a four-year cap on the, quote, age of source criteria, that means information, used for STG purposes. They have included another loophole for themselves on the same page, which actually expands the time frame for using source criteria information to, quote, any time in the individual's personal STG history, unquote how they are able to assert such contradictions under color of law is a riddle which should concern every citizen and inhabitant of the U.S. Unfortunately, the answer to this riddle is even more disturbing. (sighs) We are going to take a break here for a moment to let a little bit of this sink in. All right, if you are just joining us, um, I am reading this very powerful article written by the New African Collective Think Tank, um, a group of imprisoned men. At um, at this time, they were in the Corcoran, um, Shoe, Corcoran State Prison, um, suffering decades of uh, solitary confinement um, in Corcoran Shoe. And they were also a part of the um, historic uh, California hunger strikes uh, where 
these men went to uh, 59 days to end the torture of indefinite solitary confinement that was also taking place up in Pelican Bay State Prison. Uh, the name of the article is Power Concedes Nothing, a discussion on CDC small r's insidious regulatory semantics and judicial collusion in the maintenance of shoe torture units. This article was written or posted um, um, in March of 2014 in the San Francisco Bayview National Black Newspaper. So I'm going to continue with this. This is basically uh, part of a of an ongoing series that we are going that's going to be taking place here on Prison Focus Radio. Also, hello, um, if you are just joining us, you have tuned in to Prison Focus Radio. I am your host Nube Brown here on uh, KPOO San Francisco 89.5. Um, this is going to be an ongoing series, um, could take weeks, could take months, where we are going to be taking kind of an historical um, uh, perspective on what is taking place now with um, the, our activists and uh, heroes inside of California's uh, state, California state prisons, um, and those uh, members, very specific class of uh, torture survivors from Pelican Bay State Prison, as well as Corcoran Shoe, uh, and the survivors of the uh, and those that were victorious in the California hunger strikes, the uh, creators of the agreement to end hostilities. Because not only are uh, many of them still imprisoned after they have uh, survived um, the torture of the shoe, which was meant to break them, uh, but they continue to put out work and continue to activate and organize uh, for the betterment of society. Really, if we want to learn something about what it means to fight for humanity, we must listen to our modern-day enslaved um, loved ones behind the walls. Uh, and in this case... And so right now we are continuing with this article and we are going to continue to put forth their work uh, from um, the past in the present uh, so that we can continue to work with them to make these changes that we so desperately need um, for our future, for the future of our children, and also to get our elders free. These men are now elders and we need to get them home. Uh, okay, we started, we ended with... Um, the CDC are making, uh, creating these loopholes, uh, and this, uh, so they want to, uh, make a loophole for how they can validate people as security threat groups, um, and also assigning that to individuals, which they are able to do where they are now putting into their policies source criteria that any time in the in, um, you can be deemed um, source material is information to be used any time in the individual's personal STG history. How they are able to assert such contradictions under color of law is a riddle which should concern every citizen and inhabitant of the U.S. Unfortunately, the answer to this riddle is even more disturbing. Here we go with judicial collusion. It is the fact of judicial collusion which allows for such abuses. For example, CDC small r has made a great deal about the new provisions, provisions which are supposed to ensure confidential information 
informants and information used to validate or place prisoners in shoe under STG regulations must be independently corroborated before it can be used. However, new 321B1 on page 12 includes language which completely undermines this by stating, quote, other circumstantial evidence, unquote, may be used to, quote, corroborate, corroborate, unquote, confidential informants and information, the 1030s. We have recently discovered, quote, investigation, unquote, is sufficient corroboration under this other circumstantial evidence standard. In other words, they can have an informant say, you had plans to blow up a gun tower. And that informant becomes, quote, corroborated when they investigate this baseless lie. Under this logic, corroboration is just empty semantics. Oh, my God. However ridiculous this sounds, they have no fear of the courts striking such an absurdity down because in a recent ruling on Brother Zaribu's Ninth Circuit appeal, the courts took the position the actual evidence doesn't even have to exist. So long as the right boxes are checked on the 1030 form, that's, quote, some evidence. The evidence the 1030 is supposed to be based on does not have to exist at all. Okay. Let me just go back to something here, first of all. Brother Zaribu's Ninth Circuit Appeal. Brother Zaribu, Zaribu is Za, Michael Zaribu Duro. We know him as Za. He is suffering a life without the possibility of parole. He has been subjected to the torture of three decades of solitary confinement. And yet, and still, that was meant to break him, but did not. And he is still, of course, um, uh, enslaved or caged because he has a, a, an LWAP sentence. But the real reason that he is in there is because he is a strong new African man that refused to um, be broken by CDC small r. This is what our people have been suffering and continue to have to be abused by to this very day. This is why we are working on creating a community release board, which we will get to towards the end of the show. Let's continue. The word of CDC small r staff, according to the courts, is good enough for them. Mind you, this ruling comes on the heels of the third hunger strike, only days before recent legislative hearings on shoe torture units and almost simultaneously as these regulations were being released. As it stands, IGI and prison staff can say anything on a 1030. Check some boxes and you'll receive a 115 and a four-year to indefinite shoe term in CDC small r's SDP and the courts will support this. And excuse me, I did not uh, clarify what SDP is, and that's the step-down program, another dehumanizing, uh, demoralizing 
uh, program to uh, as a, a means to get out of solitary confinement. Okay. Judicial collusion in the maintenance of SHU torture units is longstanding and pervasive in the U.S. and in California in particular. See Ruiz v. Estelle, Col- Coleman v. Wilson, Madrid v. Gomez, Henry Castillo, Koch v. Lewis in Arizona, etc. Despite the massive public outcry against the perpetuation of shoe torture units in America, the Ninth Circuit Court, in apparent reactionary support of CDC small R's maintenance of the practice, is actually reversing progressive district court rulings when they favor prisoners subjected to long-term shoe torture. In Inree Griffin, the district court ordered CDC small R on three separate occasions, to release Griffin to the general population or a less restrictive environment than Shu, After several moves to mock the court's ruling, such as moving Griffin from Pelican Bay Shoe to Corcoran Shoe, which failed miserably after the district judge toured Corcoran Shoe and told CDC Small R they were not in compliance with the order, CDC Small R basically took the position they'd go to jail before they released him to the general population. The Ninth Circuit finally weighed in. I mean, this is this is the, the, the California Department of Corrections, and we say small r because it stands for rehabilitation, and we know that that is not happening. But this is the entity that is, quote, caring for your loved ones that might be inside, and the loved ones of our community members. This is what they are doing to them. There's no rehabilitation. There's lawlessness and corruption going on and abuse taking place. This is not a place to be healing. The Ninth Circuit Court finally weighed in. The Attorney General, representing CDC Small R, passed on to the court some speculative information provided by OCS um, and the Ninth Circuit, in essence, took the position the district court made an error by abiding by the Constitution in Griffin's case. The Ninth Circuit Court rebuked the court district co- rebuked the district court's findings that over two decades in the shoe, simply because one would not debrief, does in fact violate the Eighth Amendment. The Ninth Circuit Court's position is that torture is not cruel and unusual as long as it's a validated prisoner on the receiving end and further held, based on whatever information OCS trumped up, that Griffin could, quote, earn his way back into Pelican Bay, unquote. They made no move to enforce the district court's order to release Griffin to the general population or to sanction CDC small r for repeatedly disregarding the order. That CDC Small R has been maintaining the largest, largest collection of torture units in the U.S. is the best proof the courts will defend the integrity of authoritarian institution before it upholds its own law. Which is why it should come as no surprise that CDC Small R can assert in its, quote, evaluation of consistency slash compatibility with existing laws, slash regulations on page two. The department has researched existing statutes and regulations and has determined that these proposed regulations are not inconsistent or incompatible with existing state laws and regulations, unquote. 
then turn around and violate the very statutes it cites as its controlling language with impunity. These, this is the institution that our tax dollars are being used to uh, maintain. CDC small r has acted no better since then. To state, let's continue, to state that many of the provisions of this policy violate the 1st, 8th, and 14th Amendments is too obvious and frankly too easy. Let's go for the less obvious. If we look on page 3 of the initial statement of reasons, CDC small r cites Castillo versus Alameda, case number C942847MJJNDCal, as controlling case law. Yet throughout the policy, quote, laundry lists, unquote, of every sort, membership lists, enemy lists, roll call lists, etc., are cited as legitimate source criteria. See page 4, 3323H12E, page 22, 3375.3A4B, 3, page 36, 3378.3. Point two B five and page forty five STG matrix section six G etc. It's all there. Let's continue. The Castillo settlement agreement expressly prohibits the use of such laundry lists for validation or shoe placement purposes. The Castillo settlement agreement, civil number C ninety four twenty eight forty seven on page seven at point twenty one states quote defendants CDC small r agree that laundry lists shall not be relied on as a source item, unquote. Yet in spite of this, they've added new provisions for additional laundry list classification, such classifications such as roll call lists. CDC small r's regulatory semantics and the court's collusion in their maintenance and perpetuation must be seen for what they are. This is the state's response to the protest movement responsible for exposing its contradictions and inspiring resistance from multiple segments of society. As one apparatus of the authoritarian state becomes intransigent in the face of change, others leap to support it. In this case, the courts, the governor's office, conservative mass media, and the Department of Justice on a broader and broader basis, giving the appearance of a shift back in the struggle for cultural hegemony in their favor. This, of course, results in a further deepening of the contradiction in the people's character structure between reactionary and freedom-loving tendencies not simply among the broader masses, but those actively engaged in or supportive of the struggle as well. However, such vacillation is insufficient to reassert continuity in the authoritarian order or to halt determined spirits from actively seeking to transform the nature and structure of capitalist society and its institutions in America. Therefore, the state must resort to other measures. Enter the step-down program, SDP. CDC small r's step-down program, as we've already explained in a series of dissertations, is simply a sham system by which CDC small r seeks to leverage indefinite torture in shoe to coerce those subject to it to submit to psychological reprogramming consistent with the social values of the authoritarian state. According to these new regulations, should you resist this ideological reassimilation, you will remain in the torture unit indefinitely. 
and you, not the state, are then responsible for your own torture. On page 41 in 3378.3A2 of the policy, they state, quote, each program step provides progressive programs and privileges and is the responsibility of the affiliate to demonstrate they can be released to a less restrictive environment while abstaining from STG behaviors. If the offender chooses not to progress through any of the step of the program, the offender may be returned by ICC to one of the previous steps until they demonstrate appropriate behavior for movement into the next step. At any time the inmate wishes to begin participating in the SDP, they may notify their assigned counselor, unquote. As we've already demonstrated, abstaining from STG behaviors is next to impossible under these new regulations, which criminalize everything from a handshake to a conversation. But when they speak of appropriate behavior, exactly what are they talking about? For the answer, we must go to the SDP Notice of Expectations on page 41. There is a notice for each step, one through five, with each containing five to seven expectation points, depending on which step you've been assigned to. The most obvious and glaring contradictions of the SDP and what actually reveals the state's true motivation here is the fact that only one of the expectation points has any association to legitimate penological interests as it relates to behavior in prison. Quote, remain disciplinary free, adhering to all departmental rules and regulations, unquote. Now, if CDCR, small r, were sincere in their assertion that the SDP will be an individually behavior-based program, one would need only remain disciplinary free for four years and be released to the general population in step five. This, however, is not the actual intent of the SDP. Subordinating the population to the authoritarian dictates of the state is under this new policy you can be disciplinary free for decades as most current indeterminate shoe prisoners are today and never be released from shoe this is not simply a behavior-based program despite the term behavior being such an ambiguous term to cdc small r as you are also expected to participate in and successfully complete all mandated educational and cognitive restructuring instruction including self-directed journals as well as risk educational assessment as determined by icc unquote they also expect you to quote follow all staff recommendations and directions unquote as a part of positive SDP participation. Since we've already made a definitive analysis of the cognitive restructuring and forensic profiling components of 700.2 of the SDP and COMPASS assessment in three previous NCTT core shoe analysis in these articles, Creating Broken Men, also Creating Broken Men Part 2, and Legislative Alert, CDCR's step-down pilot program is in fact systematic mandatory brainwashing. There is no need to do so here again. What is necessary for us to discuss here is why this duplicitous contradiction is so necessary to the state's efforts to reassert political reaction in populations currently committed to progressive struggle. Our struggle to abolish shoe torture units is inextricably linked to the broader struggle to seize cultural hegemony in the U.S. from the ruling class and its tool, the state. This struggle has contributed to progressively changing attitudes in society and prisons. Our collective efforts have repeatedly exposed the state's contradictions and sparked the people's appetite for freedom and new social relationships. 
These activities undermine the reactionary character structure upon which authoritarian society is based. These actions are thus revolutionary. Revolution is, at heart, a war for the minds of the masses. It moves us positively from one way of life and set of social values to one more conducive to principles of collective life. The state makes no secret in this new policy that reintroducing its, quote, social values is central to their SDP strategy. On page two of its initial statement of reasons, it states its strategy is designed to, quote, provide programs designed to promote social values and behaviors in preparation for the offender's return to the community, unquote. It is only as a result of seeing the masses organize and resist its callous inhumanity that the state now seeks to force the restructuring of the, quote, social values, unquote, of prisoners at the source of this resistance to more closely reflect the dominant mass psychology, i.e. ideological conformity. It is only when the suppressed segments of society begin to organize themselves, begin to fight for socioeconomic and political improvements, and raise the cultural level of the broader masses that moralistic inhibitions set in. Only then do ruling elements and their tools begin to show concern for the, quote, values and, quote, morality of the oppressed. As organized resistance rises, so does a contrary process activate in direct proportion from the state, the ideological assimilation to the ruling class. However, such a process among the prison class and lumpen strata, where oppression is a constant of existence, is simply not as easily achieved as it is in the middle class. Consciousness, relatively speaking, is directly proportional to oppression, Couple this fact with the lumpen strata's desperate historic relationship to the productive system and daily assaults on our humanity that all prisoners endure, and the prospect of conforming to authoritarian dictates or being ideologically assimilated by mundane means to just accepting the role of oppressed man is simply unrealistic, to say the least. Thus, the need, the requirement, the mandate of the state that all prisoners subject to the SDP step-down program, must submit to cognitive restructuring or face the prospect of continued indefinite torture. If we view the state's response in these regulatory and judicial positions within their correct social, political, and historical context, it becomes clear this is an automatic reactionary gambit to reawaken contrary structural tendencies which lie active, dormant, or repressed depending on your relative degree of political maturity, in all of us who've developed in the patriarchal authoritarian miasma of capitalist America. Concessions in this struggle on the part of the state have thus far, thus far been superficial and cosmetic. The view of authoritarian institutions is power does not concede. It compels. All right. With that, all of that said... I have to compel you to come back next week to finish up this article. What's most important that I hope that you take away from this idea of, you know, kind of weeks on end uh, re-emerging the the focus on uh, these California hunger strikers is understanding what it is that they have gone through and why it is imperative that we work together to get them free. We must do everything that we can. Many of um, our hunger strikers that put their lives on the line are now elders and were um, subjected to this torture when they were young people, youth. So there are many laws that... um, 
that they have in their favor, that CDC small r and the other powers that be that support them are, are trying to uh, keep from them. So it is imperative that we uh, again, reinvigorate that support system and that activism and that organizing out here uh, to be in support and alignment and solidarity and unity uh, with our brothers and sisters inside. So again, I am compelling you to come back next week as we continue this series of highlighting these undead heroes as our beautiful brother Yafeo Adisa Ayepo I continues to call himself and others. Have a beautiful rest of your week. We will see you next week, I hope, and get ready for work week with Steve Seltzer. All power to the people. <laughs>